Hey, Story Show listeners. Jeremy Corey Green is here along with... Angie Zoller-Barker. And we we have some exciting news. All the news. It's so exciting. <laughs> we are post-submission deadline. Stories came in. It's done. We've got them. Yeah. Currently reviewing them. In the bag. <laughs> we will be probably in our next episode announcing the list of writers for our yeah. January 12th show. And the theme of our January 12th show is Give Me Shelter, and the charity is the Freeborn County Humane Society. Yeah, uh, the Freeborn County is a, a Humane Society, I should be specific there, is a nonprofit charitable organization. They're dedicated to um, providing the means for the prevention of cruelty to animals, uh, to enforce all laws designated to the protection of animals, promote responsible ownership, all good things, man. So it's not just a shelter. They're doing mm-hmm. other programming, too, and, and promotions, too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, just really important work uh, in a community of any size, but for sure our size, you know. Uh, I don't know where we'd be without them, and they're almost entirely volunteer-driven, right? Yeah. So... Any any money that goes to them is is well much needed and well used. Speaking of, you should go buy tickets for the upcoming story show that are going to go directly to the Humane Society. Right. So all of our profits, all right, of them, uh, go to our the the show's charity, and this time it's the Humane Society. And uh, buying tickets, should you buy them in advance? Oh yeah, yeah. Buy them, buy, in fact, you should buy two in advance, maybe three. <laughs> maybe, How about four? Maybe ten. You just never... they make amazing Christmas presents, <laughs> celebrating the new year together. Oh man, they are so versatile. Right. So our storytellers will be selling them. Yep. But uh, and you can buy them the night of the show. But our last show was basically a sellout, right? Yeah, we were close. Yeah. So um, each show keeps growing. So. Why not buy them in advance? Where can we get them? You can get them from uh, any of the storytellers, which we will be announcing in the next one. You can get them from me or Jeremy. Or uh, the best way, the most guaranteed way, is to get them at actonbroadway.com. Right. So, yeah, actonbroadway.com will bring you to the Albert Lee Community Theater's website where you can buy tickets for all their events, uh, including upcoming plays and, and musical performances. But... You'll find the story show there, and it's general admission, right? So you get to pick your seat once you get once you get there. Um, yeah, tickets for adults are 15, students and children five. five. Yeah, so um, yeah, so get those tickets. We look forward to seeing you. All right, our next story, story two from Act Two of the Let Your Light Shine story show comes from Solvay Lang. Yeah. Music is the spark. <laughs> Music is the spark. So a little about so- Solvay. Um, she is a senior at Concordia College here in Minnesota. And she's majoring in elementary education, but she also plays in Concordia's orchestra. Mm-hmm. And she's an incredibly talented violinist. Yeah. So yeah. I think is she's currently in Ireland, right? She is. She's student yeah. teaching in Ireland right yeah. now, which is awesome. Out there just living it. Yeah. Go so away. So and her story in part, not to give too much away, is about the struggle of becoming good mm-hmm. at anything. Yeah. And the the temptation to give up when before you become good. 
Well, and the idea, like for me, when I read it, it's the idea of like, most of us see the end product and we see like the success and the applause and we don't see the hours of the hard work and the labor that goes into it. And I loved the idea that she wrote a story that was like, talent doesn't really exist. Maybe it does, but most talent is really just hard work in disguise. Right. I mean, this is something that, that we tell our writers, you know, mm-hmm. those of us who are teachers, you know, language comes easier to some of us than others, but nobody is just born a good writer. Yeah. It, it It's practice, practice, practice. And any everything's like that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't become a, a skilled woodworker by just looking at your tools, you know? Um, yeah. And the, the thing with music, musical instruments is I remember, um, uh, folks whose kids had played forever saying, start them young and don't let them quit. And did you, Angie, did you start, did you play music? I did. Yeah, what you play? <laughs> well. Let me guess, the accordion? Uh, close. Electric oh, guitar. It was so close. No, it's no, one of the cold. Two. No. <laughs> okay. Um, we, I inherited my grandma's organ. <laughs> so I took piano lessons. This is me using air quotes. Uh, piano lessons, but I had to practice on the organ, the air organ we had at home. It's funny that you say that because that was my first instrument too. And (laughs) I don't think, I don't think our organ was as antiquated as yours, but it wasn't exactly new. It did have, however, these little switches that you could hit to do like drum beats and stuff. You know, and yeah. so if you wanted to play with a little Latin flair. Yeah, you your know. own accompaniment. Yeah, and I, I think I lasted two years. I only ever got to play like the first eight bars of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's I, the sum total of my musical career. I did master the main keyboard uh, riff from Van Halen's Jump. Nice. <laughs> bump, 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 you know. Yeah. Yeah, and Axel F. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Do, 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 do. You know, just just that main line. Yeah. That. You liked really like... Synthy. Staccato. Like, yeah. Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 do. Child of the 80s, you know? Yeah. Oh. Give me the synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think my... I can give you an organ. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Uh I think yeah, my, my mom just got tired of fighting us on lessons. My older brother and I, you know, and and she wisely let us quit. You know, and I, I came back to music later in life and le- learned guitar in my late teens, you know. But but wow, what if what if I'd have stuck with it, you know? Yeah. What if... You could have um, been the greatest organ. I'm going <laughs> to... We got to... Okay. <laughs> Keyboardist. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I... Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Absolutely. Am I going to have to edit this? I, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> this might yeah. be our worst Yeah, podcast. it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvie, we're so sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. You are an amazing human being. Yeah. We are not. Yeah. Well, maybe we should wrap this up. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, here it is. Uh, Solvay Lang. Music is the spark. Enjoy. The oldest kid on the Lang farm, Solvay divides her attention between two younger brothers, 12 cats and one dog. 
She spends her summers working as a custodian at Southwest Middle School, where she and younger brother Gents instigate a careful combination of hard work and shenanigans. She is the lead violinist in the Lang Family String Band, which performs exclusively at family Christmas parties. While she is becoming a world traveler, Solve is always at home in spirit, thinking about her kitties and the giant pile of Legos in the attic. This is music, is the spark by Solvay Lang. We sit close, packed onto the tiny stage, our elbows almost knocking together, but the music doesn't show it. It's hot, and I start to stick to the back of my chair. I watch a bead of sweat trickle over Cullen's temples and down the bridge of Rebecca's nose, but the maestro pushes the tempo anyway. A fly lands on my wrist, and I flick it off without missing a note. As we reach the climax of the piece, I let my eyes wander away from my music and out into the audience. They're packed together, too, and sweating in the hot Greek sun, but their eyes are eager. One small boy stands transfixed in the aisle, suspended by the force of the music. My eyes wander again, this time to my colleagues, whose faces are, even through the slick of sweat, full of energy and joy and love. As the piece finishes, we raise our violin bows in the air, and the audience erupts in applause, a chorus of bravo, intertwined. We stand with them, panting, grinning. I see people wiping tears, children jumping and dancing. I hug my stand partner and hold back tears myself. In the bustle after the concert, my arms are grabbed by strangers needing to tell me personally that the concert was wonderful. They tell me that it's been so long since they heard music like that. Music played with passion as well as skill. I heard what I've heard a million times before, so much talent. I thank them warmly, and I feel incredibly lucky to have been able to touch their lives in this way. But as I drift through the crowd, I wish they knew how little talent I really possess. I didn't start playing the violin with a goal of touring in Greece with the Concordia College Orchestra. I wasn't even interested in playing the violin when my parents first proposed the idea. Not many four-year-olds are eager to dedicate hard work towards learning an instrument when they could be spending time playing instead. I'm fortunate enough to have been educated in Shinsuke Suzuki's famed method of violin instruction, whose main principle is based on the premise that talent is not inborn, but that every child acquires ability through experience and repetition. Children are not turned away from Suzuki training. I was taken in the same as any other child and I responded as any other child might respond. My teacher and parents trained me, and this methodology ingrained in me the idea that nothing is worthwhile, nothing worthwhile is gained without hard work. I can conquer anything through the same hard work and with the help of others who have my best interests at heart. In this way, I don't have talent in the way we often think of it, but due to the tireless efforts of my teachers, I have enough experience and repetition to be able to play the violin well. The secondary goal of Suzuki training is to show children how to live a good life by way of the music making. This training gives children the tools they need to tackle any goal in life, discipline, 
and integrity, and it gives them something more. Playing music beautifully requires a great deal of compassion. The musician has to be able to connect to and put themselves inside the intentions of the composer, the audience's emotions, and the music itself. Again, I've witnessed this in my own life through my ability to serve my community and bring joy and light into my own life and the lives of others with music. But it took time. Discipline isn't an easy thing to learn. I'm nine years old. I rush up the stairs to my room and recklessly unzip my violin case. I jam the shoulder rest on and barely tighten my bow enough to make it playable. I rush through an old piece to warm up, not caring if I play out of tune. And then without pausing, I launch into the new piece I'm working on, doing the bare minimum to say I've practiced it. It sounds terrible, and I hate playing it. As soon as I finish, I stuff everything back into my case and flounce downstairs, feeling justified. My mom patiently asks me to go back up and try playing my new piece again. This time listening to make sure it sounds as beautiful as I can make it. I stomp angrily back up the stairs, holding back tears of frustration as I stumble through the music that doesn't sound beautiful in the slightest. I flop down on my bed and feel sorry for myself. I don't like violin at all. I'm 12 years old. My hands are sweating and I cling tightly to the neck of my violin as I climb the steps to the balcony of the church. I inch forward towards the edge and find my place. The lights seem to shine more brightly now that I'm about to play. And my fingers tremble a little as I look down over the congregation and pick out all the people I know. My violin on my shoulder, I launch into my piece, feeling a little too aware of any mistakes. When I finish, I hold my breath, thinking I've disappointed everyone. But of course I'm wrong, and as they clap, the people turn back to look at me and smile. It's the first time I played my violin in church. Vivaldi's Concerto in A minor, first movement, one of my favorites. Afterwards, I'm surrounded by people taking my hands and thanking me for bringing my talent to the church. I love the feeling that I've done something for them, even though it seems like very little work for so much praise. On the wide main street of the Plaka in Athens, we stumble upon a street musician, an older man with a big beard playing an electric violin. We stop for a while and dance, soaking in the scene. He finishes and we drop coins into his case. One of us is brave enough to tell him that we're musicians, that we play the violin too. A smile spreads across his face and he equally as bravely hands his violin to one of us. We pass it around, sharing tunes and swapping stories, improvising and dancing. Music connects us. It transcends race, class, language, and age. It lights a spark of compassion between people and across oceans. It spreads that light in concert halls, in practice rooms, and on street corners. The spark has been rooted in me, and I have the utmost pleasure and duty to spread that light into the souls of the people who hear me play. The Let Your Light Shine Story Show was produced by Riley Wirth, Jeremy Corey Greenis, and me, Angie Zoller Barker. Visit our webpage at thestoryshow.org and keep checking out our podcast. You can find us where you listen to your favorite podcast. Search for The Story Show in quotes.